Namaste. Welcome to the Happy Jack Yoga Podcast. I'm Happy Jack, live from the Harvard Innovation Lab in Boston, Massachusetts, USA, and I'm here with the one and only. <laughs> Happy Hanna, and I am in Bryce Ridge at the Happy Jack Yoga headquarters. Woohoo! Nice. Nice one. We figured out fireworks. Who can't? If you can't see, we got fireworks flying. Um, episode 25, quarter of a century quarter of a uh, quarter of a hundred. That's pretty cool. Normally we don't say the episode number because that would be boring to say that at the start every time, but 25, that's another nice little milestone and um, so much to celebrate, but we're here. We're here live with some beautiful souls. Everybody who's listening. Um, thank you for listening. You know, I, I listened to all of the recordings, Hanna. I've listened to all 24 so far and it's, it's so convenient you know, like walking to the grocery store or walking to class or whatever it happens to be commuting and just listening. So I, I, I totally get our, our listeners out there because I'm a listener as well. So I what's your, your rating? <laughs> I, rate, I give it five star. It's actually pretty good. Thank you. Know, you. Happy Jack. Yeah. yeah <laughs> For your I generous would. contribution. <laughs> I do. Anybody out there who has yet to, to give us a review on Spotify or podcast, we uh, humbly uh, request and appreciate uh, giving us a five star review. Just lets lets the yogis find us and know that we got we got something something special here, and it's special because of all of you that we get to do this together. And obviously, as always, big thanks to our Patreon members, um, the yogis who are making a small contribution for the price of a cup of coffee per month, and we get to, uh, we get to keep this this initiative rocking and rolling. As always, uh, those who are here live with us, if you if there's any uh, inspiration, good things said, if Hunter says something brilliant, capture it in the chat notes. Put it, uh, you know, capture the nuggets. And uh, if, <laughs> if Hunter says something brilliant, I love that one. <laughs> if she says something, <laughs> that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, when I should say when <laughs> when she says something brilliant, you're right. No, no pressure. That's right. No, this is great. We get uh, we got some really nice opening comments, opening shares to get into, and then we're putting Hanna on the hot seat. We ran out of time last week, and right before we hit record here, Hanna's like, "Isn't it your turn to go on the hot seat?" She's like, ready to turn it on me and have me go on the hot seat, and I was like, "No, no, no, you're not sneaking out that easy." I see Sue, Sue, their smile. She's like, "I agree, I agree. You're not getting out of this that easy, Hanna." Well, my um, so, natural tendency is to like direct the spotlight towards you. And yeah, well, we're gonna shift that. We're gonna shift that because this is uh, today is today is your day. Um, but you know, you know, I mean, thinking about that, the first thing I wanted to share about uh, this past week, uh, there was a moment that I got really nervous, and uh, and it doesn't happen so much, and it was, I mean, it was nothing big. But it was in, it was in our ritual and the life cycle course, and uh, you know the the teacher uh, Professor Diana Eck, amazing, amazing, beautiful soul. She uh, she called on me to share, and anyways, I you know whatever I was sharing about, I noticed that I, I was just getting a little bit nervous, even though I'd shared many times in that class, and it's always like when I'm worried what people will think about me, and in this particular context, that you know of course. I'm always talking about yoga, every, everything, every class, somehow I tie it back to being a yogi, being a yoga teacher, because it's what I love. 
And, you know, have being in that room where there's others who are from India and from those traditions. And sometimes, honestly, I just feel a little bit insecure because I wonder, like, are other people, you know, judging me or thinking like, you know, you, oh, I'm not born in India. So I, I, you know, I don't qualify to, to do the practice at this level or to, to this kind of thing. Um, nobody has ever said anything, but it's just interesting. If, if I'm in, if I'm in a, a situation and there's people there who I think might just might have an opinion about me, I get a little bit nervous. And, and then what happens when you're nervous? How does that impact you and the the situation? You know, what I think I somehow lose my enthusiasm. Like when I'm when I'm when I feel like really free and comfortable to be myself, I'm just, you know, I think how I am on most of these podcasts and most of these calls, I just excited to be here. And because I because I really feel this is a judgment-free zone. This is a this is a space where we can be ourselves fully and and there's no judgment. And, and I guess sometimes when I get into an environment where I don't know if that's the case, you, you know, I don't know that for sure that it's safe. I don't know that I won't be criticized. And, and I guess it just, it causes me to be more reserved, you know, like the teacher even said, hold the mic closer to your mouth. Like I, I was probably talking a little bit quieter and you just kind of, just kind of lose that energy. So there's you no, know, nothing bad about this. It was just kind of like an observation and I'd be curious if if others relate. Um, you know, what you know what? That? I have a perspective on that, like not to do with the the feelings of like pressure and maybe nervousness and then withholding, but more like I was listening to this book that I um, love and highly recommend to everyone. Um, and I'll talk about that later. But like the, in that book, there's a guy who is talking about like he's talking about a lot of things, but one of the things he was talking about was like the female experience, like being a woman and in a female body and like that. And I was listening to it and it felt a little bit odd to hear a man kind of um, make a kind of like a statement or like explaining what it's like to be in a female body. But it was really interesting actually because he would own it and then he would say that i realized that i am in a male body and my and the whole paradigm like he would acknowledge the whole um setup why he might not actually be qualified to speak about it in, in such depth but he is also a little bit of an expert in the area so it was fine but so what what that makes me think about is like because it's going to happen that we're going to be westerners who do an eastern practice and and live in a way that is a little bit of a mix right of our own tradition and paradigm and culture and then we're kind of attracted and uh, to the principles of some of these other traditions that maybe just acknowledging that might um make the conversation mm -hmm. less loaded and you might then feel that you're more in integrity and that whatever it is you want to share is is okay because it's from your perspective it's not to tell them or teach them about it and i bet yeah. that a lot of uh indian north americans might also kind of be able to relate because they grew up here and their tradition is from there and they might not be so deeply seeped into it as someone who grew up in india 
So mm. I don't know, maybe that would help you shift the paradigm there. <laughs> yeah, no, that's good for sure. And it's, it's, I mean, just, yeah, to kind of handle the elephant in the room or at least the elephant yeah. in my room and just handle that right off the bat. And yeah, I see acknowledge it, it kind of. Yeah. And I see Sue has said that, you know, that, uh, the older that she gets, the less that this sort of thing concerns her. And that it's the case for me as well. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's far less frequent. It's, I mean, I think that's why I bring it up. I kind of surprise myself. It's like, whoa, this doesn't happen so much anymore. But I guess on the one side, because it's humbling to know that it still does, right? There is no matter how much we work past some of these things, you know, these these little insecurities are, you know, they're deep samskaras, deep conditioning for many years, and they can pop up. Yeah, and I think it's a sign of intelligence too. I think it's a sign of being a fully reflective, deep person who is, you know, weighing things from different perspectives, not just seeing one's own perspective. So even if it's not comfortable, and of course you want to be in your full self-expression ideally, and you mostly are, and we, all of us work towards that, but it's also not a bad thing to uh, be a little bit sensitive. And then also, I think it's, that's why we're drawn to these practices because we need them. There's mm -hmm. something in it for us that is freeing and liberating and deep and transformational, not transactional but transformational. Yeah, that's good. Mm. I love it. So, so it's a great, great learning. And see Danica wrote in the chat, what's the theme today? I don't I think the theme is all over the place. No, we don't, we don't have a, uh, these are just a few opening shares and, mm. and you know, kind of tied in with that, an area that I, I don't feel so attached or I don't feel so concerned. Um, which feels really good is with my studies here at the Harvard Divinity School. I, I can't remember. I, I might've shared on a previous podcast, but I'm just going to share it again because it's just so present for me. Uh, but I really, and I don't mean this in any negative way, but I really don't care uh, how I do. And in the first year of my studies here, I cared so much and I worked so hard and I got, you know, the highest marks possible, got straight A's. And, and this year I'm getting like straight A minuses, which is still really good, but it's, it's a level down. And Let's I'm like, see what happens next year. <laughs> I know exactly. Next, exactly. Year three, I'll be B plus, be a B plus yogi. And, and truthfully, I would be okay with that because actually all you need is a B plus average to, to not get kicked out. <laughs> so, uh, so as long as I can maintain that, but no, really like it, it's not like I'm, it's not like I'm slacking or not putting in an adequate effort you know, like I still do all the readings and I participate as expected. Um, I just, you know, I just not going to obsess about the academic writing and stuff, the things that I don't love so much and focus more on the areas that I do love. So I'm, I'm still spending every waking moment doing something, but I'm, 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 I'm doing more like reading stuff I'm interested in versus obsessing over the, getting the writing proper. So yeah. that feels yeah, I and like I think we can all see and sense that you are receiving so much from all the courses that you're taking. And that's also one of the things that we wanted to share here on the podcast and that I wanted to also hear about is all the things that you are learning and enjoying 
So that's great. Yeah. I'm happy that you put, take that pressure off from yourself. So good. Oh, it's like, it's, it changes everything. It's like, I mean, it's maybe some of you can relate like walking around. It felt like, and it was never anything wrong last year, but I just felt there was just always like a pressure, like, uh, and I wouldn't have even said it was negative, but it was just like, I don't know, just like always, always had to be on, always just couldn't waste a second. And now it's like, I'm just more of doing what I want. And if I, I do, I, I read books that are not required for my studies, but I read books in the evenings that I want to read and kind of, you know, just finding a little balance. We all know that's uh, important. Yeah. And then also whole, the whole drive will be different when you do things that you enjoy rather than kind of like, what's the difference then of between being there or being in, you know, your previous job or some other setup where you kind of do things that, that other people tell you that you have to do <laughs> yeah. versus doing what you love. That's right. And, and, and continuing on the theme of spontaneity, which we've talked about in previous, you know, recent episodes. Um, I, you know, again, my default was to resist the spontaneity, but one of my classmates who's uh, actually a student of professor Edwin Bryant as well, her name's Joanne. She's, you know, 58, she's a grandma um, and, and a yogi, a bhakti yogi. And, and so we're in the, we're in the ritual and the life cycle class together. And on Thursdays, we have two classes. I think it's 12, 12 and three. And so in between, you know, she's like, Hey, do you want to go, you want to go grab lunch and, and, you know, chat about yoga. And so my first instinct is like, run, <laughs> no, hell no. <laughs> you know, it's like, I got, I got stuff to do. Like, come on, you know, and, 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 and truthfully, this, I mean, this is not like the highest level pure yogic response, but I kind of wait, I, like I do the internal weighing the pros and the cons and conditional. It's like, okay, you know what? She's been practicing bhakti yoga for like 20 years. There's probably something I can learn from her. There's probably like, this could probably be like a, a, a an enriching conversation. And so, so I said, yes, and we went and we had a nice lunch. Um, but, I, but it, so on the one side, it's good you know, when we step out of our comfort zone and be spontaneous. On the other side, I still recognize I'm very much conditioned and things are conditional, right? Because it's like, I had to weigh out like, oh, is there is there value in this conversation? Like if any of you were there, if Yada, Brandon, Sue, Cassandra, Danica, Saga, you know, if you guys, if you guys invited me for lunch, well, I know we're going to have a meaningful conversation and I'd be in. Um, but, you know, when... Yeah, I mean, I, th that evaluation is still there. Yeah. And you're sharing this because you're proud that you are spontaneous and you notice that it's a little bit of a transactional agreement that you're mm -hmm. like inside of you is happening. Why should I go? What if you wanted to be of service to her? Maybe she needed to not have lunch alone or... Yeah, it, truthfully, and that that kind of thing never crosses my mind, and that's that's where the selfish the selfish Jack that you know very well, Hanna, is uh, <laughs> rises. No, I mean, of course, if somebody reached out for help, I would help. But if th that explicit request wasn't there, yeah, I don't know. I guess I share it just you know one for the the spontaneity to joke a bit about, but then at the same time to to recognize like yeah, I'm I'm still not a pure pure yogi who's just uh, you know doing everything of service to others, but I still 
taking care of my own needs. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a real thing. And, and, and I think this is where it's a little bit delicate, a little bit tricky, because for some of us, some of you, you give so much of yourself. And so you, you, you need to practice saying no more. And, and maybe for some of us, we, we need were to practice so, saying yes more. <laughs> we need to practice saying yes more. Exactly. So, so there is no one size fits all. I feel that. I think for myself at different stages, there's been times where I needed to say no more. And there's been times where I needed to say yes more. And, and, and when we're listening to like that inner voice, is it, are we listening to our ego? Are we listening to the divine super soul within ourselves, divinity? Are we, how do we decipher, discern uh, the right thing? And that's, you know, that's a, that's a practice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, it's kind of brave of you to be in inquiry around this out loud, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. because you are highlighting some things that you might not be so proud of, of when it comes to your behaviors and choices. And well, that's something I I feel like that's something, sorry to interrupt, but you just really highlighted something there. I feel like that's, that's something that I'm really seeking and striving to be because I've spent, I I spent a lot of my years, like in my twenties, when I was an alcoholic and, you know, not, not in a healthy marriage before you, you know, my first marriage and, you know, just really unhealthy in every way. And so much of my life I was hiding, like I was, I was hiding, um, I was hiding infidelity from my wife, right? At the time I was hiding, uh, food, that I was eating uh, from family. I was hiding my drinking and drug intake from family and people in my life. Like I was, that's that that's how my life was. And I did that for, for some decades and it didn't feel good. It led to cancer, it led to obesity, it led to alcoholism, it led to jail, it led to, yeah, all kinds of stuff, uh, divorce. Um, and And so I feel like now this yoga, I just, not that it's the ultimate goal of yoga, but it's somehow, at least the stage that I'm at right now, it's, it's like getting back to like accepting myself and loving myself. And I want to, I want to be such that every, not that every thought I have, do I need to share with everybody? Cause I don't, I don't want to like overwhelm or confuse people, but I want to, I want to get to the point where every thought I think and every action I take, I would be comfortable with it being printed on the front cover of the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal, you know, like that's what I'm working towards. And I'm not there. I still, you know what I mean? There's still things I'm not proud of and things I'm working through, but like, that's what I want. Cause I feel like that's where freedom comes from. And, and I'm sure sometimes in this process, you know, I, I say silly things or I, you know, or I, I don't know, it doesn't make sense, but that's, that's what I'm working towards. Yeah. Or, that's really beautiful that you want to be so much in integrity that it's easy to be free. Not that your thoughts need to be on the New York Times first page, but that you feel so free in your life and so much in integrity that you have nothing to hide or things like that. I think that's beautiful and also easily achievable because you're, you know, you're not a monster. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're, they're on the one it's, 
you're right. I mean, on the one side, I know I'm not doing any inherently bad, wrong things, but there's still like, there's little ways that, um, you know, we find ourselves out of integrity or we're not being our best self or I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Just things we I, note about notice about ourselves where we feel like we could have a greater opportunity maybe in maybe we can do better a little bit and yeah and yeah. i mean coming back to the the yoga sutras we've talked about in recent weeks like these are the first limbs the first limb and the second limb the yamas and the niyamas like getting all of this this is what professor bryant kind of really hammers home for us he's like everybody's jumping right to the third limb asana or maybe to the fourth limb the pranayama breathing techniques or or to the seventh limb meditation, or, you know, or maybe, you know, want to get to the eighth limb and become enlightened, but who, who's obsessing or pick a, a better word, who's, who's focused on and committing to and bringing discipline to the yamas and the niyamas, like being a good person. And that's, I think that's the, that is the foundation, at least in classical yoga. And um yeah, so that's 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 where the work that's where my work is. Yeah. And I love that. And and we don't have to dissect every thought or every behavior or make it super complicated. Like I think all of the advice that the sutras and the, all the traditions give us also with are within reason, meaning attainable and, you know, doing our best in each of those realms of non-harm and both towards ourselves and others and it's just par part of this big ocean of practice that we are interested in right and and yeah. that and that practice can look like so many things not just the yoga asana but also the kind of self-inquiry that you just shared with us mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and it's like it to me it's I, this is where this is when I get a big smile on my face and my heart feels full when I think about this is what my life is dedicated now to yeah. like the my, my studies our work that we do at Happy Jack Yoga my living conditions at the ashram every, all everything it's like aligned with and focused on it this is what makes me this is why I love it and it's mm -hmm. and it's such a blessing to be to be in this and to be on this journey. And at the same time, I mean, the next thing I wanted to share about as much as like, I love this, I don't want to say bubble, but as, love, love, as much as I love this um, environment, I'm also really looking forward to spring break. T minus like one and a half weeks. And I'm going to be back home in Canada. I see Yada nodding. She she gets it. She knows that feeling. You know, I'm going to be back home in Canada and, and, Again, not that I don't love the the flow. The flow here is phenomenal, and it's so uplifting and conducive. Uh, and at the same time, like to come home and just chill, chill. You know, like we're gonna, I know we're gonna eat some uh, Mexican beans and some vegan nachos. Um, my sister already invited me out for snowboarding. We're gonna do some family hockey games. Get out the skates. I know we'll go work out. Like just so it's not that we're gonna be inactive, but just there's, there also seems like there's, there's a need like a rest day, right? Like in the Christian tradition, that's why Sunday is a rest day. And while I'm here, there is no rest day. Sundays are our biggest day. We got three calls. Um, so this rest week coming up, I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also like 
you know, you're so busy there and you're with people a lot of the time and the pressure from school and being on time everywhere. That's going to be nice not to have that and, and have a different schedule in the day. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And you talk about like being with people all the time. Um, you know, it makes me think again. And I mentioned how all the yogis who are here, if, if you, if you guys were here in Boston, I'd love to go grab lunch with you anytime. Um, and we, it's, it's important to decide who, who we, uh, who we associate with, who we spend our time with. Um, and, you know, funnily, you know, when I'm at the ashram and everybody's great there, but the, the one thing is everybody there has, a, I think a little bit less, they're not, they don't, aren't full-time students and have a full-time yoga business. They have a little bit more free time. And so like every time I cross paths with someone, uh, you know, they want to kind of stop and talk. And so I find myself, I almost feel this is a silly thing to say, but I almost feel like maybe how a celebrity feels, you know, how like everybody would be kind of like stopping them, you know, nobody's trying to get my photo, but just stopping to talk. And I feel like I kind of have to go through the ashram, like walk quickly, you know, with a big smile, namaste, namaste, have an amazing day and kind of keep walking or else because everybody's so kind. And they would want to pause and, and and get into a nice meaningful conversation. So we, again, that's our that's our understanding our our balance of like where when to say yes, when to say no. Uh, but the one thing that that I am saying yes to, like, there's I feel really blessed to have some nice mentors uh, in our life. Like just this past week, uh, meeting with with Mars, our dear friend Mars, who just turned eighty two. You know, we met on Zoom for like over an hour on the weekend and just to, to receive wisdom, who's been on a, a spiritual path like this, a yogic path for 60 plus years. Um, and, and actually, so I'm at Harvard Business School. He went to Harvard Business School in 1965. Imagine that. Who here was born in 65? I don't think anybody. Sue, Sue, you raise your hand. Are you serious? Okay. Okay. So maybe Sue was. Uh, but most, you know, like, so to have somebody like that and... Um, and then Rukmini from Washington, DC, you know, I've been speaking with her cause she's, she's a long time, 50 plus years Bhakti Yogi and, and she's a woman. So I wanted to get that perspective in particular, you know, thinking about how I can really strengthen and deepen the relationship with my mom, you know, nice to talk to another grandmother. Um, and, and there's, you know, it's just, again, it's thinking about like, who are the people that we're going to associate with and, and, and take our time with. And, you know, coming back to Hannah, this is where, this is where it's like, and I don't know what the right answer is, but I'm kind of like weighing the pros and the cons. It's, it's almost like there's, there is like some critique or some judgment or some opinion that goes in of like, Hey, is this person worthy of my time? And of course, everybody is equal and everybody is worthy hundred percent. But there's like just this internal dialogue of like, is it the best use of my time to interact with this person right now? Uh, if yes, I'll do it. If no, I'll politely walk fast. It, I don't know. I mean, I know I'm kind of roboticizing this. Like I know that this kind of thing just happens, you know, naturally. And I don't know what the right answer is. But again, I'm just kind of in this inquiry of navigating uh, interpersonal relationships. Yeah, it, you're in an intense kind of like a pressure cooker environment. So it's understandable that that 
you know that there's a lot of people and there's a lot of um demands kind of put on you um both yeah. at school academically and then also in every other space that you're in <laughs> and it's great that you're you've had time to connect with mars and rukmini it's really beautiful yeah. people who are like so inspiring and they fill you up that's how they are yeah that's that's it i guess that's a, that's a great test right because actually it doesn't matter how old they are how much experience they are what anything about them but it's like after the experience like how do we feel you know yeah i love that i think i froze i froze well, yeah you, kind of... you froze at the perfect time and i oh, yeah. love that so we can just keep <laughs> rolling <laughs> oh, nice. but yeah just like really understanding how how interactions make us feel and 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 spend spend time with people who lift us up that's why we're here that's why we're here with these nine yogis around the globe right now i love it mm -hmm. and um i gotta quick i gotta quickly show off uh hana you you gave the thumbs up so i know that you uh, agree but you, you know how for those who are live with us of course if you're listening online you can't see but you notice how lately i wear lots of white like more sattvic clothing um, and I got myself a nice pair of Sutvik shoes. <laughs> you can see my, my socks are still black. Um, cause I, everything, everything was black. I'm slowly transitioning to white. Um, but it was, it was time. It's been on my list. Like I'm not a shopper. I'm not, I'm not a material materialist in that sense. Uh, nothing wrong for those who do. Uh, but it's been on my list for about a year to when, when I need new shoes, cause they're worn out to get a Sutvik white color and this weekend was it. It feels good. Yeah, they look really great. Your outfit is very nice. And they're slip-ons, that's the best part. All about efficiency, no laces, boom, slip them on, let's go. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. So I feel like that's that's key. Um, and then the, the I guess maybe the last thing I wanna share about before we, before we get Hanna, what are you laughing at? I gotta know that. I'm laughing about the fact now I'm thinking about when I'm going to make a post about this conversation today, I'm going to screenshot where we see your shoe in your window. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we talked about today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very yogic podcast. Jack showing off his new Nikes. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. The, the last thing I wanted to bring up, um, so I, I'm, I'm happy to share that I'm, I'm, I don't want to say hundred percent, but I'm almost hundred percent healed from that hip flexor injury and talking to my sister this weekend, she said, actually, that was really quick. So, um, to me, it felt like a long time. She said, actually, that was pretty quick. Um, but, but what I noticed, I know my addictive personality reared its head again for those three weeks. Um, in a sense, not, not a really dangerous way. So, you know, don't have to worry, no alcohol or anything like that <laughs> as Hanna pours her, uh, bubble water. Um, but what, what happened was, so like three weeks I had to take, you know, no running and no working out, but I, but I would still go for the morning walk, um, which, you know, which was quite slow, but every morning would go for a walk as the sun was rising. And I, and I got into a little habit where I found a, a little coffee shop called uh, Central Perk, actually, Nate, just like the Friends, just anybody who remembers Friends from back in the day. Um, and so anyway, I would go in there and and I would get a, a decaf latte with almond milk. 
and which is, you know, not inherently bad. It's decaf, no caffeine, no stimulants, uh, almond milk, all this good stuff. But I noticed that I was doing it like regularly. And then it eventually it became a daily thing. And, and I somehow justified it. It's like, well, I'm not paying for the gym right now. So, you know, I can pay five bucks for a coffee, a decaf coffee, but you start adding that up. But forget about the price. Um, I When it came time, when I decided like, okay, it's I'm now back. I can start working out. I can start moving again. It, there was like a little bit of an internal like attachment to not wanting to give up that daily decaf latte. Like there, it, it's it's like, it's like cozy. And I know you get this, Hanna, because you, I mean, you're, you enjoy these regularly and, and you're, and you're okay with that. Um, but I, what I noticed for myself, I'm okay with a decaf latte and with almond milk, there's nothing inherently wrong with that. What I don't love is the strong attachment that I had to it and how it was not easy to, to stop. And, and so it was just an awareness there. And it's like, you know, how many other areas of my life am I doing things um, where actually I'm not in control? <laughs> But were you in control? Did you go get it anyway or no? Well, on, on the day I said, I said, I decided, like I said, I'm going to, because these three weeks. So once I said, you know, Sunday, this is the last day I stopped, but I noticed, I just noticed that there was like, kind of like when I gave up smoking 15 years ago, or when I gave up drinking, not that, not that same level, but there was a little bit of a, you know, I would like to keep it, it, it tastes good. It tastes good, it's cozy, it's warm on cold mornings. Like I want it. And and there was, so there was like this desire of wanting it. So, I, I mean, I wasn't, I was in control because I didn't, but I don't know. Is, mm. I mean, is, is this just a normal thing that I'm talking about? And I'm just yeah, like- Yeah, it's totally normal. Everybody wants something regularly and it comes with having a body and a brain inside the body. <laughs> And a nervous system so yeah i think we are all in a way if this is your definition of addiction then we all are i think to whatever comforts we enjoy and that doesn't mean that we can't be mindful around our choices and what what energy it is that pulls us towards the the comforts i don't know that i would call them addictions but you know just the, yeah, i can say yeah that's fair. I guess I was just thinking, because I mean, the other thing that actually made it easy for me to stop having my sister, I think it was my sister, somebody told me that decaf coffee actually still has a little bit of caffeine. So it's not, it's not that, yeah, the auto is given the thumbs up. Yeah. So it's not that it's caffeine free. It's just decaffeinated. It's got less decreased caffeine. So, so I think that's where I started thinking like, Hey, maybe there is, it, it's probably not, it's probably not, not as hard as giving up, you know, regular coffee, but there was like that little bit of attachment. Again, I know we're talking about, you know, not the worst thing in the world here, but it's, I guess it's more just like the principle of, of noticing attachments, attachments that we have. And, and some of, some of these, we can embrace it and be like, you know what? Hey, maybe some of you love ice cream and, and you're going to enjoy ice cream the rest of your life. And that's okay. If, if we're, if we're choosing to be, choosing to embrace that and accept that. Um, but I guess I just notice I don't want to get out of control. That's probably my need for like certainty and to control things. <laughs> yeah. That that's probably why, you know, you it feels like an addiction when you feel like 
it has a grip on you and and you want to be stronger than the grip <laughs> yeah mm. so anyways so, so that's that's that we got to get you on the hot seat we got it we got it we got to shift this uh are you, are you ready for the hot seat <laughs> yeah. shift the dynamics totally <laughs> all right let's do this hanna first question and and again i have no ulterior motive these are just some deep questions I found that I'll dig and, you know, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not trying to, um, yeah, I've got no agenda. First question. Have you ever felt like you disappointed yourself? Have you ever felt you're like you disappointed yourself and why? Yeah. Like I definitely, when you ask that the first instinct is like, yes, of course I have disappointed and felt that I've disappointed myself. And an example of that, I feel like maybe it's when if I, I can't think of an exact moment right now, but like if I were to not believe in myself, then there's a part of me that feels like, like if I don't believe that I can do it, then who is going to believe it? Like, for example, I remember when I was, when I was still single momming with Elis and Axel, my boys in Norway and I wanted to take a yoga teacher training and at the time the only one that I knew about was a month-long thing in an ashram in France and I felt like I can't do that I can't just disappear for a month from my kids and the responsibilities and then like that dynamic I felt like it was kind of disappointing how I I kind of gave up on myself in that way and other choices like that too like with illustration if i should go back to that that was in the same period of time and then i did because i moved to finland and with my bestie we opened or she already had an agency where she took me in and i was doing it so but i remember those times before i knew that i could do it i wasn't like um i it was kind of hard to believe in myself and that's kind of disappointing and mm. yeah like the feeling of not not being enough for myself <laughs> if that makes sense yeah it does and, and it, the the good the good news it sounds like is that you do that less now because it sounds like those were some examples from the past and 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 those things you do now right you you did take many yoga teacher trainings and you and and you know started a, a yoga business um so it sounds like progress has been made definitely another time when i might be disappointed with myself is if i behave badly if i get triggered by someone and i snap or something like that then i feel guilty afterwards and disappointed like at me for example well, with you, we have an intricate dance of. Uh, I was, I was. I uh... think more like with like where I, I think like with my kids when they were younger or something like that's when I'm disappointing with myself because I know it's not going to be helpful. Do you know what I mean? Whereas with you, <laughs> conflicts can be very helpful and needed. It's part of the process, you know. And of course, if I do something horrible, I would be disappointed at myself. But like you say, I think it happens less and less. That's good. But That's you really can good. be the judge of that. Yeah, no comment. comment. No comment. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> funny. No, that's great. Great, yeah. great response. Great politically correct response. 
No, I'm just, I'm just teasing. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talked about back when you were a single, single momming with the boys back in Norway. Um, are you, are you scared of being lonely? I don't thrive when I'm lonely. Um, I, so here's the, like my philosophy on loneliness that I've recently acquired like after you moved to Boston and Axel also my youngest moved out so I was like empty nesting hard you, and, you went from three of us two boys and myself at home to, just me and Coco yeah and my um, goal was that I want to be in my house and feel free and be lonely I don't know what the difference between lonely and alone is but I wanted to be empowered and I wanted to feel like I've got this. Like I wanted that freedom of being by myself and not suffer. And I feel like I did accomplish that. And then when the summer came last summer, you came home and Axel came home a little bit and like that, then I noticed how hard that had been and that I didn't even, like, I kind of got so used to it that I, um, that I didn't even notice. And then I felt like, I don't want to do it again, that there's no reason that I should, like it wasn't, it's not the environment that I thrive in. And, and I did reach my goal of being by myself and, and that was empowering. And that means that to this day now, when I'm here alone, I feel fine. Like when I come home from a trip, then I'm like, and, and I don't say I don't know that it's my preference then, but I get back into the system and I, you know, get into work and workout and all the routines that happen here and I then I start to enjoy it again. So it feels like I have the flexibility now between being with people and being by myself. If I want to spend the rest of my life like this, no. There's no reason for that. I want to share my life with someone. And I think that that's one of the deepest yogas is to, to actually live with someone and experience God through that perspective. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Really, really well said. And um, I mean, you, I think you answered it, but you kind of said, I don't know what the difference is between lonely and being being alone and being feeling lonely but i think you answered it because there is a difference because you can uh, sometimes people can be with people and yeah. still feel alone and then there's other people kind of like myself who can be alone and not feel lonely at all um and i you know i think obviously all of us need people in our lives we need to find that balance but you think you really explained that well um have you settled have you settled for less in life? And if so, why? You know, I feel like no, because I th like not to be cocky or anything, but I, even if I'm someone who's like, um, sensitive and self-conscious and all the things with regards to my people and my place in the world and all that, I also feel like I do have a pretty good self-esteem or confidence in myself as a result of my growing up being raised by a single mom like I know all of those things are doable I'm really proud of um the the things that I did for my kids now I lost the train of 
train of thought. Can you remind remind me again what you said exactly? Yeah, have have you settled for less? Yeah. So if I've settled for less, sometimes it's an inquiry. And to say all of the things that I've done, I feel like I am I'm proud of myself and I think that I can do anything. And of course that doesn't mean that I'm not humble in I don't know what the future brings and I might have my insecurities. But one thing that when you ask me that makes me think about my father-in-law Egil in Norway and how he was when I was navigating difficulties. Um, he would say like, and I think this is a pretty simple kind of masculine way of dividing the world. Like he was thinking like, think about the pros and the cons. And if there's more po pros than cons, then you stay. And sometimes like it comes back to that, like being lonely, even if you're together with someone, that's when I feel like maybe I have settled for less. And even between us, Jack, like maybe I wasn't able to, um, to ask or create a relationship where there's more pros, <laughs> even more pros. And maybe now we have, maybe friendship is the way we can have it that way. And so sometimes in that inquiry, like, should we be together or not? I feel like both of us, we did not, um, we did not have access to God together, mm. you know? And because maybe we were a bit immature or still on our journeys. Um, mm -hmm. So that is like, rather than saying, yes, I have settled for, I would say like, yes, I've been in that inquiry. And then that has maybe um, been a, an interesting perspective and tool in making decisions mm. to what's to come next and how to engage, right? Yeah, yeah. And actually, just, just as a side note, uh, when I was talking to our friend Mars on the weekend, you know, he was, he passes along his regards to you. He was so, because I was sharing with him, um, is like, actually, like, since we uncoupled, like we're getting, we get along so great now. Like things are so it's, it's almost like a pressure has been removed and we can just really enjoy each other's company and enjoy creating together. And it doesn't mean it's always easy. We still have some conflict, but, um, yeah. for whatever reason, it, it, it's like it re released some pressure and, and anyway, he was so happy to hear, you know, cause obviously he met you, he knows you, he loves you as well. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe that's like an example of sometimes letting go of how we think should things should be and kind of letting them unfold and evolve the way that they're meant to um, and, and seeing how things, yeah, just, and then, and then things can be more just natural and authentic and real. And, um, but yeah, I agree. It feels we're, we're, we're very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that um i kind of the whole purpose of being in any kind of practice or like this is for our evolution and expansion right and mm -hmm. for us this is a better way to evolve and expand both as individuals and as uh friends yeah yeah no that's good mm -hmm. and um so so the next question are you are you proud of being who you are? Yes, I can say that 100% yes. 
Nice. And it comes back to what I was saying earlier about like, when I look back at what I've done in terms of the difficulties that I was put through, mm. I'm so proud of myself. And also I'm proud of myself for seeing opportunity, like with my kids, like rather than being afraid of the world, I feel free in the world. Like, and that doesn't mean that my life is always a dance on roses or that I never feel lonely or that all of the things, it's difficult to live in a body. It's difficult to be a human being in a body. It's difficult to have a brain. It's difficult to have a nervous system that has been imprinted by life. Not to minimize any of that struggle and that vulnerability. And it takes, it's kind of, humilifying it you know it makes me humble mm -hmm. to be a human being with all of my struggles and my shortcomings and areas where i can grow and in the same time i wouldn't want to be anyone else or in any other way than not that i don't want to grow and expand and deepen my life experience but I am really proud for what I've done with what I've been given. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. That's, I mean, that's so important. That's so, I, I feel like healthy and mm. talking about yoga, you know, yoga for mental health, our next course coming up next month, which maybe we'll share about later on another podcast. But, you know, when, uh, when you can be in that place of, of being proud, proud of yourself, and you should be like, holy cow, what you've, what you've been through, what you've navigated you know, the, the amazing boys that you've raised, like all the good, everything you've created, the community mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. It's like, there. so I'm, I'm happy that you feel that. Um, and that that's, that's really healthy. Thanks. I was thinking, yeah. Um, so be, I, I split my mind now, but I was going to say, but so let me jump to, is there, is there one thing is, or what is one thing that you would change about yourself? Well, I don't know. There's a lot of things I might change, but one thing that I've been working on recently or, or working on thinking about recently is that, you know, how I was single momming and raised two boys basically alone and they did not have a strong father figure in their growing up because their father died when they were three and five. And sometimes I think about, but I don't want to think about, but then I do think about the fact that um i don't know that i ever thought about the fact that they are boys like yes i wanted there to be male examples in their lives like and i was a little bit sad that like my husband's friends were not there and like like that and so recently i've been thinking about like what what are the things that i did not know about raising boys you know, like, and I'm sure like instinctively I would relate to them as a mother and I understand that they're boys and maybe subconsciously even my, what I expect of them would be different than if I had two girls or one girl and one boy or two boys and one girl, or, you know? And so I've been like looking into what it means like being a healthy male in this world today. Like, what does that look like? And how many of our men in our society have grown up with a healthy masculine presence in their lives. And then that led me into reading books about it and 
and like thinking about how we relate to the men in our lives and that's something that maybe when you ask me like what I would change about myself I don't know that I would change but I would want that I had maybe done some of that inquiry when they were little and if that would not that they struggle with their masculinity in any way it's just like an as a parent as a mom and as a conscious being on this planet I think about why um and how most of our boys and men did not have a healthy masculine and I did not grow up with one either so I didn't have any role model in that way and so it's been really fascinating and beautiful to look into what that means and then it led me to like obviously the like the yogic principles straight into the masculine and the feminine energy and how they play in us and in between us and what that looks like in relationship and i do think that had i had access to and had you and i had access to some of these principles maybe we would have done better uh, we did try some kind of solutions but they didn't address the fundamental dynamics that the masculine and the feminine you know what potential is there in actual real life experience in this lifetime in this body in with this consciousness with like all of that and anyone interested in reading about it i would highly recommend um a book called from the core by john wineland wine as in wine that you drink and um land as in the land that we'll live on he's written some books about it and it's really paradigm shifting anyone who's in a relationship and this book for example was really written for men i think but it's so healthy to um maybe put ourselves in a context that we do not belong like maybe rather than doing like women's circles which i also want to do and i think it's my habitat and my home but to visit the the paradigm from a masculine perspective informs me and my future relationships in Mm. in how to how to understand more about these dynamics and how they impact us rather than reading like sacred texts that are a lot of theory this to me is like actually putting yoga into action that's why i'm sharing it here oh that's good yeah and i guess it's like um it's great that you have this awareness and you're kind of doing this reflective work now at this stage as your boys have grown up and i mean i would remind you you know this mm-hmm. already but like to at the same time like be proud stay rooted in yeah. being proud you did like every parent everybody does the best they can with what they know your boys are thriving they're both doing good could could any of us do better always yeah. right we can always, always do better um but and yeah i, I mean it's it, never too late either like no. they're still young men and i'm still young and like it's not like it's not that i'm reading parenting books let's just say (laughs) this is not a parenting book in fact (laughs) 
like and everybody just to be clear about that but it's true that i am proud of them it's not this inquiry does is not born from me being worried about their masculinity or anything yeah just kind of interesting and then turns out that that it's a deeply yogic um there's everything's yoga at the end of the day <laughs> yeah and I mean, the the thing is, we all go at our own paces. Like you know, in I'll just quickly share. We're almost out of time here, but in my in our course, the ritual and the life cycle, which I have right after this podcast <clears throat> today, we had to write a reflection on adulthood, and uh, uh, you know, adulthood. What does it mean to be an adult? And and I started mine out. You know, I don't have it right in front of me, but I started out with something kind of joking. I said, "Well, if you're to ask my family." They, they would probably, uh, or my ex-wife, they would probably suggest that I'm not qualified to talk about what it means to be an adult. You know, no teasing, you know, because I'm in a way, in, in some context, I'm very immature, right? Like when I'm hanging out with family and I'm, I'm roughhousing and getting into mischief with my nephews, your son, Axel, who like, when he was a teenager, he was like the mature one saying, no, come on, Jack, come on. No, don't get them all wound up. Don't, you know, and, and I'm the one doing all the, you know, doing the thing that's going to make them stay up too late and, and get into trouble. You know, I'm, I'm just teasing a little bit, but we're all, we all have different levels of maturity and, and, and masculinity shows up in different ways. Your boys are doing great. And I know you know that. Yeah. yeah beautiful, and it's beautiful. Yeah, and it's okay to have a part of oneself that is always the boy and love that and honor that. Yeah, that's right. Divine Leela, let's let's keep playing. Um, but I love it. Beautiful conversations. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. I just I want to do again a shout out. We'll have to say it on an upcoming episode. We'll talk more about yoga for mental health. That's the next course, which is so important. Um, and then of course, anybody wants to join us for yoga Fridays. Um, if you want to join us here for the live podcast, send us an email info at happyjackyoga.com. If you want to be a part of our Patreon community, go to patreon.com forward slash happyjackyoga. And for the price of a cup of coffee you per month, you can unlock some really cool content and, and be a part of this. So, and of course, if you if you feel compelled and you haven't already, leave us a quick little five star review. Get some get some uh, exposure. But the main thing, I think, just taking these ideas and uh, and 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 just being curious, like that's kind of the space I'm in. And I know I'm not doing it perfectly. You know, we know that you know we didn't do our relationship perfectly. We did the best we could. Now I feel like we're both really working on ourselves and growing and becoming the best we can be. And 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 you froze. Certainly inspired. Oh, did I freeze? The That's all we can we do. Can be. Mm. Best we can be. Take the tools, apply them. And um, I'm inspired by what's been shared here today, Hanna. So let's uh, let's take it and make it an amazing rest of the day. Namaste. Namaste. Can I stop it?